It's October, the beginning of the fourth quarter, and the leaves are beginning to turn here in the U.S., but marketing manager minds are turning already to the new year. On this episode of AV Social, we'll highlight best practices in creating an editorial calendar, executing it throughout the year, developing a plan for the new year, and when the best time is to start marketing to clients about upcoming events, specials, and deals. All of this on episode 39, Too Late to Market. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is AV Social, episode 39, Too Late to Market. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Harman International and by Christie Digital. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this month's AV Social. I'm Dawn Mead, your host, and I'm joined today with a panel of lovely guests. But first, it is October here in AV Nation and the rest of the world, and the leaves are just beginning to turn here around the U.S., but a marketing manager's minds are already turning to the new year. On this episode of AV Social, we're going to highlight best practices for creating an editorial calendar, executing it throughout the year, developing a plan for the new year, and the best times for you to start marketing to clients about upcoming events, specials, deals, and so on. So today, I am joined by uh, Abby Wolf, who is the Director of Marketing and Communications for Corey's AV. Abby, thanks for coming today. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. It's our pleasure. I'm also joined by uh, Camille Birch, who is the PR specialist at Barco. Hi, Abby. Or, sorry, Camille. Thanks for coming. Good morning. <laughs> pleasure to be here. And we're glad that you are doing okay down in Atlanta with Hurricane Michael working its way up the coast there. Uh, We've had some rain, but I've lived to tell about it. <laughs> fantastic. Stay dry, stay warm, and stay safe. And we're also joined with Kirby, Mr. Mike Kirby from GenCom, where he is the sales and marketing manager. Hey, Kirby, how you doing? Good morning, Don. I'm just happy to be here. We are glad to have you. And Kirby's out in Utah, so he is several hours earlier even than us. We're not recording super early, but thank you for coming on early in the day. <laughs> I have my coffee. I'm, I'll do fine. Right on. Okay, so everyone, you guys are the marketing, sales, PR, the folks that make all this happen for your respective companies, two integrators and a manufacturer. So just a general question for folks in our field. When should you start planning for marketing for the new year? Um, Abby, what, what, what do you do there at Corey? Or when in general do you think planning should happen for the new year? I am of the opinion that a marketing plan is not a year by year thing. I'm under, you know, the guise that it's really a three to five year plan that kind of trickles down into your annual plans. Um, And, and for me, there are three important things um, to kind of look at throughout the year or for your three to five year plan that are super important, including, you know, knowing what fits your brand Um, knowing your audience and knowing your company's goals for that three to five year plan. Um, And then, and then if you're looking at the specifics of your plan for the year, I would say August, September, you're pushing it about that time of year to be able to set your budget for the next. 
Okay, fantastic. Uh, Camille, same question. When do you generally start planning marketing for your new year? When do you think folks should? Well, I always think it's good to map to the lessons learned for the current year. So I would say right now we're at the beginning of Q4. You can start to gather your lessons learned from 2018. So I think um, for us at Barco, we look at all the events we participated in, looked at all our ads, and uh, applied some analytics and metrics to that to, to course correct for next year if need be. But I think, you know, Abby hits on a, a great point is you have to have like a 12-month plan, a three-year plan, and a five-year plan. And what you do in marketing should map to those overarching goals. But um, it's a great time right now to collect your information, start to get your budget in place so that you can establish your tactics for the year ahead. Okay. Uh, Kirby, how about you guys at GenCom? What do you do or what what are your thoughts on the matter? Yeah, so the only thing I'd really add, I think uh, we've had some great comments. Um, what we do, obviously, events, we have to plan a lot more in advance. So that's something we start looking at um, almost a year in advance from when they happen. So we typically plan those on a rolling 12 months. Um, from a budgeting standpoint, this is about the time we start looking at what we spent this year and, and trying to figure out next year's budget. Um, and then what we do, we create kind of a skeleton calendar to say, here's what we want to do next year. And then we plan about a quarter in advance. We fill in the details um, just because we're changing so much right now. What we think we're going to market next fall might be completely off if we, if we plan too detailed right now. So that's the only other thing I'd add is kind of create a skeleton and then fill it in as you get close. Kind of like Disney plans. Don't plan too much, but plan enough so you have some structure. That's yes. great. Um, Taking off from that question a little bit, do you tailor, any of you, do you tailor your marketing towards your end user? Now, for those that watch the show regularly in the past year, I switched from being an integrator to an end user, and my perspective on things have changed a little bit with how we market and how we sell to the end users. Um, you know, do you differenti differentiate your marketing calendar by the vertical that you're targeting? For instance, uh, schools that are buying for an installation for summer would you know would you market to that you know, do you change your marketing plan to aim for spring for the school field or end of fiscal year for the government end of september or end of year end for for financial and and commercial companies um we'll start with kirby this time what, what do you do you do you tailor it that way since you are an integrator yeah absolutely and also we don't want to pelter people with too much information um so we do part of our skeleton calendars we plan um, what are we going to do? So is it a blog, an email, an event? And then it also, we plan what vertical. So we basically have three main verticals we target. I mean, we work in all of them, but the three that we really focus on. And so we do, we say, okay, this is going to be like you, like you just, a great example was the K through 12, you know, right around back to school, we do kind of a back to school newsletter. Now that you find all the crap that doesn't work in your school, we can help you fix it. Um, just stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. We, we do try and target um, messages to specific verticals. Um, okay. I wish we could get even more targeted and go, you know, within those verticals, but we do the high level. Yeah. Right. Right. Abby, you're the other integrator on the panel today. Do you tailor towards the verticals that way or does this apply to your company? Absolutely. So that is our top priority. 
in, in my efforts and our company efforts, we're always looking at things from the client's perspective rather than our own or our manufacturers. That is the top priority for us. So the end user, what they're experiencing is the first thing that goes into the editorial calendar for us. So if we're going to be targeting educators, obviously we're not going to bother them May to August, you know, um, but instead we're going to hit them right before they go on a break. Um, so that's all a part of the marketing plan is looking at what is our end user experiencing and how can we join in and helping them plan, be prepared for that kind of stuff. Um, it's really the top priority in our marketing. Gotcha. Now, Camille, you're a little different situation, and that's why I saved you for last here. As a manufacturer, your customers are the end users, but really, you a lot of times your customers are Abby and Kirby. And you well, know, they, they are. I mean, Barco sells 100% with our channel partners. So the we have a couple small exceptions where we market to end users just to create brand awareness with our ClickShare. We present products. Um, those are very targeted to the education market. But, um, but what we do for our integrator partners is we, we have some co-funding and co-branding opportunities. So they come to us and say, hey, we want to create a campaign in this vertical or on this time frame. And we partner with them financially and creatively to make that happen for them. So... Um, yeah, it's just kind of a, a different approach there. So you kind of do tailor your marketing towards the verticals by virtue of your partner, channel partners tailoring to their verticals. And we do, and you know, we're, we're looking to penetrate certain markets, and so I, those get more attention, you know, from me. But, um, but yeah, we, we, de we depend on our partners to do that, and we would certainly never undercut them by going directly to the end user. It's always a partnership for us. Now, what I will say, though, is we're very big on telling customer stories. And so when we um, become aware of a, a high-profile customer story, or a success story, we will reach out through our partner and try to showcase that in some way. And so in that way, I'm involved with end users. Okay, great. Um, well, I'll, I'll, since, since we're talking at the moment, do you find any pitfalls or dangers in starting too late in the year or too late in the calendar for your marketing efforts, Camille? <laughs> it always feels like it's too late. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we're a very large company, so much of what we do is very metrics-driven, and so I think just leaving it too late and not being able to gather the information I need to make informed decisions for next year is the biggest danger. But even with a small company, um, I find that some of the smaller integration firms you know, the marketing person may have two or three different jobs that they do. And so they need to be gathering now the information that they need so that when they're under the gun, you know, you always want to be proactive. You never want to be reactive. Right. And so you have to have your plan in place and, and looking at your metrics and your budget, that all important budget number ahead of time. Right. Kirby, same question. Is that the case with the, as Camille says, that you, you, you know, you have to be proactive with, with metrics 
in, in your planning or is it just really knowing when your customers are buying and, and, and calendaring appropriately? Well, I mean, I, I think Camille's right. I wish we had a little bit bigger marketing um, team. So really, I manage both the sales and marketing team. And when I say that, I mean, I have a couple of salespeople and I have one part-time marketing person. So um, it would be a dream of an integrator to have a ton of metrics to go off of. So I won't lie, I would love that. And I think any integrator minus a few of the big ones probably would all say that. Um, but we do, on the flip side of that comment, though, we use a lot of 1099s in our marketing. So we do a lot of outsourcing of writing content or graphic design. So for us, we do have to plan, because, I mean, that takes a long time. Not, not that they're not good and they're not quick, but just to get all the pieces working together. Um, you know, if we have a content piece that we need a graphic and we need research and we need copy, you know, that's three different people working on that. So it can take three months to put a, a good blog together or something. So, um, so yeah, we do have to make sure we've, we've planned adequate time to get all that done or, or it just doesn't really come out the way we wanted it to. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Abby, what are, what have you found are the pitfalls or dangers of starting too late or being off your calendar? I mean, I think that starting with, you know, earlier, earlier, the better makes you more thoughtful in your planning, which then leads you to not have so many budgeting mistakes. Um, it's super key to, to really sit down and think about your year and what those months look like for your company. Like Kirby was saying, hiring out um, different forms of marketing, one has to make you plan, but then also has to make you budget for that. Um, and, and I think that where most companies end up spending money that they don't need to spend is because they're kind of throwing spaghetti at the wall, trying to see what sticks. Um, whenever that could really be headed off with a little bit of planning um, previously, you know, in, instead of doing things on the fly, it just makes you a better marketer in general. Right, right. Um, so I'll stay with you, Abby, for the moment. Uh, a little bit earlier, Kirby mentioned that framework that allows them to be flexible as the year goes on. Uh, do you have any experience or what is your experience with once you make your plan and it's in place, staying agile in the face of changing markets or changing environments or, you know, you plan a big push for your sales and then a hurricane hits, for instance. I mean, yeah, that happens. And it's funny, we make a plan, but how often does the plan actually remain the same at the end of the year, right? Um, but I think the most important thing is the goals and what, how the plan rolls up into those goals. And then everything else can be flexible. And if you are a rigid planner you do not belong in marketing so i think that whenever you are you're flexible through your plan but remaining focused on those goals that's really where success in in planning per se happens right yeah so i like what kirby said earlier about you you have like your um your main bullet points for marketing that you map to, but then you kind of fill in the blanks as you go, you know, and I think that's true no matter what size budget you've got, you know, or how many people you have. Right. And I think it was a military tactician said uh, a great plan only survives first contact with the enemy. <laughs> Not that our customers are the enemy, but you know, Not always. life. <laughs> well, Kirby, we've all sort of referenced your, your framework there. Uh, you know, what, uh, aside from your framework there, do you have any other tips for staying agile in the face of changes that come, you know, out of the blue? No, I mean, I was told I only had to have one great comment this, this podcast. So that oh, was okay. it. 
All right, you're done. Um, no, I mean, I think um, Abby and Camille hit it. I mean, and you said it too. I mean, our plans are great and we, we put a lot of energy into them. Um, I think the top line, we got to know our budget. That's probably something that most of our bosses don't like us to veer away from too much. Um, and then I love that Abby said, I mean, as long as we're targeting to hit goals, at least our boss and our, our salespeople, I don't think they necessarily care if we stick 100% to the plan. Um, but I think that's part of the other key is making sure we have other people involved. You know, our marketing person comes to every sales meeting and, you know, so she's right on track with, you know, oh, we thought this was going to work well and it's not. Let's stop it immediately. Let's not go another three months wasting time and money. So right. um, I think that's the other key is, is communication and involving more than just the one or two marketing people or in Camille's case, 20, you know, whatever they have. <laughs> <laughs> so summing up Kirby is two of my favorite expressions then close enough for government work, just hit the goals and be flexible, but yep. then uh, fail faster. Yeah, yeah. time and money just fail faster yep. good um camille let's uh go back to you in general what goes into a good editorial calendar in your opinion well i mean at, for us that's a complicated process we you know we have a, a number we have three key verticals that we serve and within each vertical a number of products and each product has marketing lead so it gets real complicated real fast. But what I do is I work very closely with our product leads to look at their main goals for the next year. And then when I pull media kits and start looking at their editorial calendars, I see where there might be a good fit. And, you know, really customer stories are what drives that for me. We're just, our tagline is enabling bright outcomes so when we can tell a story of a successful integration or an end user result um, that was spectacular, that's, that's kind of where it starts for us. And, you know, it's just crazy because you have these big projects in the pipeline, but as we all know, deadlines change, specs change. So you have to be um, somewhat flexible but, um, you know, I just, I try to look at the big goals for the year and then kind of map around that. And also the big things that I know are going to happen. We're going to be at Infocom. That's a no brainer. Right. So I need to do some marketing leading up to that. So, so that's kind of where I start. And then I just fill in as I go. Okay. Uh, Kirby, how about you? In, in your view for GenCom, what, what goes into a good editorial calendar? Um, well, again, I think what we like to do is is assign, you know, what type of activity are we doing? Is this an in-person event? Is this a blog, an email? Um, and then we like to say who we're targeting. So is this K through 12? Is this local government? Is this corporate? Um, and then, like I say, about a quarter in advance, roughly, I mean, that's not an exact science, but then we'll go in and we'll talk to the sales team and say, okay, we've got three emails coming up the next quarter to your vertical. And we go to that salesperson and say, what are some of the hot button items you've been you know, hearing, here's our thought, if they don't have any, um, you know, do you agree with that? Do you disagree? Um, we follow, uh, well, we follow our competitors. Um, we follow uh, other integrators that are in some of the groups we're in. You know, we follow a bunch of manufacturers. So we look at what are they talking about, all that, um, to really determine how to fill in those blanks. But to me, most of it is just that skeleton. Um, and then the, I don't want to make, make it sound like that's the easy part, but... It, <laughs> 
kind of the simple part then is you just got to find some piece of content to throw in there and there's tons out there. So even if you have really very few resources, um, without a ton of effort, once you have that plan and you know what to do, you can kind of just implement it. Um, so that's, that's would be my only tip there. Right. I imagine it's much easier nowadays with the internet. I, I've never oh, yeah. known a world of marketing personally working in the fields prior to that, but if you only had like TV and print ad yeah. that kind of limit your choices. So, yeah, yeah um, exactly. All right, Abby, what, what do you think? How, what does Corey's view as a good editorial calendar? I always start my editorial calendar with the end user. So what, what are my clients going to go through throughout the year? Let's chart those. Um, then I go back and I, I try to find relevancy for what opportunities, if you will, to kind of back up what they're feeling. Um, something to make my content sing. Um, then I go through and I add campaigns. So it would be the tactical stuff, you know, the deadlines for that, um, and kind of where we should be hitting these, this message. And really, that's done about a quarter in advance because I don't want the content to be like a hurricane or something like that to jump in front of something. So that's really my last element is the message, the content. Uh, but really, I focus on what does my client's year look like um, and, and kind of then fit in what we want to be doing. Great. Great. Yeah. Um, we'll start with Kirby this time. So who on your team, and we know your team is a different size than Camille's team and <laughs> Abby's team. And if, you know, when I was an integrator, I was the team. So yeah, we all have our different size teams. But um, who on your team or in your company, I'll say even, titles, job responsibilities, who should be involved in the planning? Do you bring in people from the sales group or from the engineering group or the C-level folks? Is it just your team? You know, give us, some, give us some idea of how you go about that. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, ultimately it rests with me and the marketing person. That's, you know, kind of the buck stops here, if you will. Um, but I think, and every level is a little different. Sales is highly involved with our marketing. Um, like I said, our marketing person comes every week to our sales meeting. So there's this constant flow of communication back and forth. Um, but it's also to me very important. We get our C level um, and C level, I guess is one person, but we get him very involved in some of the decisions. Um, not the day to day stuff. He doesn't edit the emails and things like that, but, but we ask, you know, where do you want to see this going? And, um, make sure we're capturing his vision uh, in some of that. Um, and then, yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head. I think one that a lot of people miss is our engineering team. We do, um, again, a much more limited interaction. They, they don't necessarily care about the marketing and that so much, but we do try and find out, you know, what shows have you been to? What other exciting new stuff are you seeing out there? Um, and our, our guys go to even stuff like CES and CD that have nothing to do with with commercial integration, but just to kind of keep up. So we like to put little tidbits of that in there, just show, you know, our guys have been out to Amsterdam at ISE. Let's, let's highlight that or things like that. So we do try and involve more of our team. Um, occasionally even like our installation crew and in that, you know, if they see things out in the field that maybe we're missing. So, so we do try and involve uh, just about everyone if we can. Well, and, and honestly, I think that could be a good source for content. If you yeah. just as, as, as a fun blog post, you know, uh, Tim, the engineer shows, or Tim, the, the service guy shows us how they terminate their ends or, you know, something like that, something a little more functional than your usual glossy pitch. So, I like that. Cool. Let's go in in quarter one next year. All right. <laughs> Just give me residuals. That's all. 
<laughs> Abby, from the sound of it, you're a one-woman show like I used to be. Um, who in Corey's AV, aside from yourself then, do you pull in for planning and, and executing your editorial vision? Sure, I think that most important is the sea levels um, in the very beginning when we're making the framework of, hey, in August, we want to focus on this because this is happening with our clients. Are you okay with that kind of thing? Run the skeleton by. Then the sales team gets brought in to kind of help build the campaigns. What are you hearing on the ground in these customer meetings? Is there something that's trending? Um, how can we fill a need um, or, or deliver a message that's relevant to them? Um, and then it's super important for the content aspect to get everyone else on board with the high level goals and kind of the vision for that, because that's where you're going to get your content. That's where you're going to get your stories, your client, you know, your client stories. There's all kinds of things um, that are hiding in your staff uh, for content nuggets. And, and so I think it's really a whole company effort, but just bringing people in at strategic times um, is imperative because nobody wants to market plan by committee. Right. Well, and you also have, I, I'm not sure if GenCom does, but Corey's also does live rental and staging. So I'm sure that's a whole different group and a whole different calendar that you can then incorporate into the greater scheme of things, right? Absolutely. It's, it's like operating two different companies, though we would like for it to operate as one functionally. It's just different <laughs> customers. I mean, we have a completely different end user on one side of the company versus the other. So we literally have two marketing plans. Okay. Okay. Speaking of having to have multiple marketing plans, let's go from the one woman show to the big behemoth in the group here. <laughs> and by that, I mean your marketing team, not you personally, Camille. <laughs> what oh, do thanks you for that disclaimer. <laughs> you know, I don't want anyone to take anything personal, but you know, you're talking, you know, a uh, uh, team of thousands, so to speak, versus a team of a handful. What, you know, yeah. what, uh, who, who all do you pull in? I mean, that, that would be a monumental I mean, task. Amazingly, um, my, my answer is going to closely echo what the previous two panelists have said and that, you know, it has to map to your C-suite's goals for the year. So um, I always start with my product manager's and say, you know, what's coming, what's new, what are your goals for the year? I like to do a SWOT analysis with them, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats, uh, competitive analysis, and then I make recommendations and then take it to the C-suite for buy-in. But at that point, it's usually more of like just a presentation of, of what we're thinking, but I have to keep my product guys close on that because um, what I do has to support sales. And so I, I need to understand what the features and benefits are and what the focus is so that I can empower the sales team to have those conversations. So it's probably the same as those guys just on a bigger scale, you know. Okay. Of course, we have social media people and all that kind of stuff, too, that we get involved. But I would, our product managers are really what drives us at Barco in marketing. So while I'm talking with you, uh, do you have any specific tips or tricks that you have to use to get them on board? Or are they just that invested that they just want to be part of the process? Oh, no, they don't want to be. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, uh, they do. But it's, I mean... You know, we, we make the coolest stuff in the world and we invest 
a lot of resources into R&D and almost everyone on our team, even on the marketing side, is from a highly technical background. And that's why we have the coolest stuff, you know? Right. But they don't really fully understand marketing, but it's fun to talk with them and, and just have them look at things in a different way. And um, Abby and Kirby both alluded to, and I agree with this, bringing in um, everyone into the process because I think, you know, your repair guys have a different perspective on things than you do in marketing. Uh, your customer service people that answer the phones, they're hearing one thing, and it can give you a lot of information that if you will just listen to your team, it can really, really help you in, uh, in focusing on all that. Great, great. Kirby, what's your magic sauce? How do you get your team on board for planning and, and, and taking part in this process? Um, well, I really think it comes down to results. Um, you know, I think all of us uh, in integration, as you probably know very well, Don, for a long time, we really had to fight for marketing and integrators uh, wheelhouse, if you will, because it just wasn't viewed as an important piece, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I think the nice thing is that we've now kind of proven some results and we go, hey, look, we're getting stuff that we weren't getting before. You're going to events, you know, and our CEO goes to a chamber event and they recognize our name now. Um, it's like, hey, that's cool stuff. So I think to me, that's one of the key factors. If we can be giving leads to our salespeople and we can be generating dollars that we didn't have before, um, then at least our sales and our C-suite people go, yeah, let's let's keep doing this. Um, other other groups, ops and, and those guys, I, I don't know if there's necessarily any intrinsic value for them. Um, other than I do think, you know, like our ops guys are rarely in the office. So I think they love being a part of just some project outside of, you know, pulling cable and terminating a cat five or a cat six jack. So, uh, so I think some of it's just being, being part of the office team that they don't get a lot of. So. Right. Great relationships and be so good. They can't ignore you. I love it. <laughs> Abby, how about over at Corey's? How do you uh, get folks on board? Do you have any special magic tricks or tips? Well, I always try to share two things with every bit of effort that we're giving into marketing. I always try to share the vision and I always try to share the results, whether they're good or bad. Um, and obviously if you're turning up bad results every time, there's going to be some, some side eye going on, you know, <laughs> but I always try to share those two pieces to everyone in the company. Now, various positions get different kinds of information, but for the most part, those are my two. But I think the key to getting buy-in in your company is being open to sharing ideas. Um, I get people at my door all day long with marketing ideas, and I'm sure we all do. And I think it's really important to listen to all of them. Are we going to implement all of them? No. Um, but someday listening to that is going to help you implement something on the other end. Um, it's going to help you draw content out of your stories. It's, it's going to serve you well to allow people to feel like they're a part of the process. Um, I think it's super important. Right. And you never know when you're going to find that diamond in the rough, right? That's so right. That, mm -hmm. that one magic tip that turns it all around. Absolutely. Our most successful blog of 2017 was a salesperson's idea. It was all brought on by one of our sales team members. And it was because he just 
had an idea and he wanted to share it. And the whole team kind of chipped in to make that happen. It resulted in several sales. It was super successful and all because of an idea of, of a staffer. That's fantastic. All right. Well, um, we're running up on the end of our time here. We've had a great conversation um, and it is October. So if you're watching this podcast and you are a marketing person and you haven't started your editorial calendar, what are you waiting for? <laughs> it is now time. Uh, get, you know, get it going, get it, get it happening because you won't have time to implement if you wait too much longer. Um, thank you so much for watching. Before we leave, we like to go around and uh, talk to all of our guests and say thank you very much for being here, all of you. And uh, starting with Abby, where can people find you online or in the real world? And where can people find Corey's AV? For sure. So you can find Corey's Audiovisual at coreysaudiovisual.com. It's a brand new website. It's beautiful. I'm tooting my own horn there. Uh, <laughs> you can find us on Twitter at CoreyAV, and you can find me on Twitter at Abby R. Wolf. Fantastic. Thanks for coming today. Camille, same question. Where can folks find you and where can they find Barco? Um, we are at barco.com. You can email me at camille.birch at barco.com. Uh, my Twitter handle is techtalk at smackdown. Oh, that too. I didn't uh, know that. See? That is us. That's me. And, um, and you can also find me on YouTube at AB Smackdown. Fantastic. Well, thanks for coming and being part of the panel today, Camille. Sure thing. And of course, last but not least, Kirby, where can folks find you and where can they find GenCom? So GenCom, uh, just go to GenComInc.com. So that's two M's in GenCom. Um, and Kirby, uh, probably the quickest way to find me is Twitter at Kirby Utah. Um, it, but I follow me at your own risk. So <laughs> especially you Sunday know, mornings these days. That, that seems to be a trend with many in our industry. <laughs> it's yeah. usually follow at your own risk. Well, I Kirby, like gifts. That's all I can say. Oh, man, after my own heart. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for taking time out of your early morning there in Utah and joining us in uh, AV Social today. Folks, I'm Dawn Mead. You can find me on Twitter at AVDawn. I now work for the government and defense uh, sector, so I'm not allowed to tell you where I work. It's a secret. However, you can <laughs> always find me here in AV Nation on AV Social, showing up periodically on AV Week, and generally running around the internets at AV Dawn. So thanks so much for coming today, and thank you for watching AV Social. <laughs> <laughs>